0: so i guess the issue in new zealand which it has become saying that quite a lot of people have been watching the news about the canadian truckers convey and we have a similar problem in new zealand at the thing is that the government was advised a long time ago that the third booster shot for the covid vaccination needs to be taken as quickly as possible after the first vaccination, so the main vaccination. Now, given that every politician claims they're listening to experts, we don't know which experts they were listening to here, but because the time was prolonged quite excessively, it's come to a point that the Omicron has come into the country and a majority of the population has received no booster and that population is coming to the Omicron there have been no deaths so far, but today we've had a whooping eight hundred and sixty-one or forty-one yes, above eight hundred cases today. Hmm, interesting. Yep. And it seems to be playing into a greater political narrative where you see that leftist-oriented governments are under heavy pressure globally due to the pandemic, given that uh most of the time their measures which are used to allegedly curb the virus are actually curbing businesses more than they're actually protecting someone's health. I mean, that's what I've felt is the current narrative against, you know, political mandates, vaccination mandates, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, what will I know?
1: is being against businesses, are you really surprised?
0: <laughs> no, not really surprised. Anyway, now here's something for our leftist friends today. <clears throat> if you think about it, the Guru Granth Sahib is a scripture which is quite dangerous. And I'm not saying dangerous in the light as in the war on terror light, but dangerous in how it, you know, transforms a common individual, the Sikh, into a specter of righteousness. Now, I'm using this word, this term righteousness, very loosely given the fact that it's different from culture to culture, faith to faith, I'm using it in more of the universal senses and righteousness, and <clears throat> the Guru Granth Sahib is also the scripture which has been subject to consistent physical, academic, intellectual, you name it, in any field, it's been subject to all those attacks to silence its words.
1: Yeah. Agree, fully agree.
0: Fully agree. And what people have actually failed to notice is that even all this Baba Vadi and this uh, upgrade rhetoric of the text being, you know, uh, well, we will call it a text for now, of it being modernist. Like, you know, <clears throat> for example, you have the Baba Vadi Sampradhas, that you need to read it in a certain right. We are light, we need the Vedas to read it. And you have the upgrades who are saying we need to read it from the perspective of Western scientific atheism, you know. I feel this is wrong, so it must be wrong. All these are not in favour of reading the Guru Granth Sahib in light of Gurmat, but rather in light of another doctrine with which they are attached. So there's an agenda when these uh, individuals and institutes sit down and relate to us what they claim the text incorporates or what it says. Now, some of these shabads, which were uh, read out to me by Dr. Balwant Singh Tillo in the Guru Nanak episode, if you remember that one, I had never yep. heard of those shabads before in my life, mm. and they were pretty powerful, penetrating, and potent shabads. Now, <clears throat> you know, this is where I'm going to take a page out of uh, General Jim Mattis' book. Uh, he was a Marine general. And, you know, the Marines are one of those few military services in the world where even their grunts have to read a certain amount of books every year if they want to retain their jobs.
1: Well, they just eat eat crayons, I think.
0: Yep. And Metta says that, you know, the physical form is a book. Right?
1: The physical form is a book, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, if someone comes into the Gurdwara and asks us, well, you know, How do you perform your religious service? What is it that you centralize your, you know, Sikh identity, your Sikh spiritual experience on, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And we will say that the centralization is on the Guru Granth Sahib. Now, what is the Guru Granth Sahib? So when this individual who's a non-Sikh obviously observes it, he's going to say it is a religious book of the Sikhs. Now, obviously on online Sikh forums, we have all this little controversy brewing, you know, Pretty disappointing to learn that some of them are disallowing, you know, debate on the cash, which are a hallmark of Sikh identity, because it might piss off some, you know, these Voik Mona Sikhs who don't want to be, you know, fully Sikhs. They're not working towards the Sikh identity. I'm not saying all money, but the few who actually exploit the Sikh identity or that, you know, sentiment that we are going to be Sikhs one day, but people are judging us to hide their You can say inferior vices or inferiorities. Same goes for Amritthadis who don't stick to your head. Anyhow, leaving all that aside, when this debate comes up of a book, the way I see it is that the physical form is indeed a book. It's got a jacket, it's got pages, it's got ink. Now, when people make the fancy argument that, you know, when a human dies, it's pretty tragic, but When someone comes and does Biyadabi of Guru Granth Sahib, it's not that tragic because how can you do Biyadabi of Gyan? You know, that's the upgrade sentiment which we are hearing originating from Patiala, but that's a discussion for another time. Interestingly enough, if the Gyan is untouched, then if someone kills a human, why are we saying that, you know, the human has died and, you know, going into these increasing frenzies and paroxysms of rage? Because really, it's just a soul at the end of the day. The soul doesn't get physically hurt if you can't touch the gyan. I mean, how can you touch the soul?
1: Well, the soul can't have a new whistle then.
0: (laughs) And you need to look at it from this perspective. How much ground are you going to concede?
1: Uh, If you start conceding ground, uh, then that's uh, admission of guilt so you should be demolished altogether.
0: Well, that's the thing. So they start with the Biyadabhi of Guru Granth Sahib, the misinterpretation, the uh, ivory tower intellectual attacks, slowly go on to convince Sikhs that, you know, it's just a book. The knowledge is untouched. Ultimately, when the very medium, the very, uh, how would you say, the very vessel through which that knowledge is passed on to you is destroyed. Well, what good is that knowledge?
1: Not just destruction, they can simply alter it. Who's going to debate them?
0: That's the thing. So, you know, that's why I don't agree with any of the Pujari, Taksali, Deravadi and, you know, the upgrade missionary rhetoric of, you know, Gyan being this, Gyan being that. I always recommend Sikhs sit down themselves and read the Guru Granth Sahib themselves. I mean, that's what Guru Gobind Singh Ji told Pai, Nandalal. You want to communicate with me? You want to communicate with your Guru? Read the Guru Granth Sahib. Now, of course, we have people who will say, well, you know, that's a diabolical text. Guru Gobind Singh you never said that. I think we're going to come to a point where one day they will also be denying the existence of Guru Nanak Dev Ji, but that's a, a you know, discussion for another topic. However, <clears throat> why do the liberals and, you know, the hardcore fanatical conservatives, what problem do they have with the Guru Granth Sahib? And if you think about it, Veer Puppin Dhrsengji actually did a Katha and I was listening to that Katha. And you know that Shabbat in Japji sab Deda Dele thakpai. Yes, uh, I, I do know. Now, the conventional translation is that Vaheguru gives, your maker gives, and people get tired of receiving. And what don't we ask after reading that Shabbat? I want, a, I want the girl next door. I want the car next door. I want the newest Samsung phone. I want the newest Apple iPhone. In reality, this verse of takpai, its original definition before the Freed was stability. So, Vaheguru is giving stability. And those who get this gift of stability from Vaheguru become stable in their lives. They become stable in their intent, they become stable in their deed they become stable all around. So I'm not saying stability in the nine to five, four kids and, you know, one single job and a working, you know, wife sort of thing. But what I'm saying is stability is in mental stability, self-confidence. If
1: you say that you can have four kids working nine to five, <laughs> that's paradise.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. And now, because we we're a bit pressed for time down here now, let's just keep this discussion short. But if you look at the Guru Granth Sabji, if you sit down and look at the whole Guru Granth Sabji, there's a reason why, you know, Pag Dadibani comes at the second place, but Bani is at third, Bani is at fourth, and Guru Nanak's Bani is the start of it all. And one thing which I've actually been reading is Dasadibar. And I have always believed that the Sikh at Hit is a basic simplification of Gurbani itself and the Maryadda posits you on the way to become a Sikh as Gurbani expects you to. Now, of course, people get caught up in this trivial debate of do we need or not or sing made the kakars. It's all pointless debate. They're part of our history. You might as well keep them and you know use them to perfect yourself. But you know, the Asadivar actually makes clear, makes concise what you know, Sikhi's stance on the world is. That's an Asadivar. And what it really means is that, you know, Guru Nanak is saying to guru having decided upon your intent, you installed your own divine wisdom because the definition of Naam and now in Gurbani is wisdom. And then secondly you establish this creation and with joy reside within it. Now, funnily enough, the wisdom came before the creation and as this creation came from that wisdom, what's actually happened is that the Sikh, the Gurmukh is one who knows that this creation is a temporary abode for me. Waheguru has actually made it to test me, to test his creation. On the other hand, the same creation can mislead me. It can distract me. But if I have that, you know, Rachio now, the divine wisdom, I can use this creation to almost write a new chapter in the history of humanity featuring me on the black canvas of my life. I can give my life a purpose. I can do something in this creation with the wisdom that you know, this is a temporary place for me. I'm going to leave it to earn immortality. I need to do something here which makes me remembered in the future. And you can see where the incentive is leading up to here that you have to live life independently, right? Yep, that's basic, yeah. Yeah, now which Pujari, which reformist. Which political institute is going to tolerate a really independent person like that, who's independent in the fundamental sense of the term, who's truly independent?
1: Uh, Well, uh, the point you made earlier is like a left and right thing. I think it's the classical horseshoe theory, yeah? Yep. At the end of the day, both want to control you. Both will claim that they know better than you what to do. And both, both of them want, want you to see the world through their lens? Yes. Or the lens that their ideology provides? And both both claim that they are doing whatever they're doing for your benefit.
0: See, when Guru Nanak says, Asana De Tochao, you know, Vaheguru is within the creation, the creation Vaheguru has made. I'm going to use He down here just to simplify matters, you know, rather than get into semantics. Vaigru has made his creation. He is within that creation. He's watching all this unfolding with happiness. So, you know, he's he's pretty joyful. He's intrigued. But at the same time, he's made humankind even independent of himself. Our,
1: the article about, uh, about autonomy yep. that you posted, I think it's properly linked to it.
0: Yes, yes why grew made us independent even of himself you know he gives us the wisdom we need to use that wisdom if your parent loves you wouldn't that parent want to see you succeed without them i mean one of the core competencies which a marine leader which any effective military leader has had to show in the past and this was something identified by Viscount slim now slim was the field marshal who turned the British defeat in you know Asia into victory by kicking out the Japanese. And Slim, this is what Slim said. The true test of leadership is that can your subordinates perform without you being around them? Can they perform effectively in your absence? That's the true hallmark of leadership. Effective leadership is when you're gone, people after you can succeed without you having to micromanage them. And true, true, true. And all these virtues we we're getting, we we're gleaning them from the phenomenal world. You know, this kudrat, doi kudrat. It can be our friend, it can be our foe. It depends on how we treat it and what we want from it. And if you think about it, all these natural tendencies, all these things we're emulating from nature, you have to comprehend that this is also the nature of Wahiguru himself, that he wants people to be independent. Now, hmm. those two Shabads we discussed first, you know, two dangerous Shabads for the religious orthodoxy and political honchos. And here's another shabbat down here. Now <laughs> Mind you, these are from Asadivar. So this last Shabad, which I just quoted, means resolve your own affairs with your own hands. Yep. Now, obviously, the socialist brigade, the Sikh socialist brigade will argue, well, you know, we have to help people. We have to do this. We have to do that. You know, socialism only looks good on paper. Anyhow, Guru Angad at the time put some Shabad Sinasa divar as well. So he's actually corroborating what Baba Nanak is saying. He's evincing it. And he's asking us questions and offering us advice as well. So he's simplifying what Guru Nanak is saying. And Guru Angad is commenting, And, you know, health beyond a certain point becomes an embarrassment. And that's when we claim it's a gift. So Guru Angad is asking, that is not a gift which we ask or beg for. The true miracle is receiving that which the maker bestows on us in grace. Now, if you give something to someone who doesn't deserve it, and not in the sense that they have forfeited their chances with you, but you, know, you go and give someone something randomly, that's a gift. If they ask for it, what happens then? Is that still a gift? Hmm. So, if we were to say, you know, discuss help as a gift, well, there's no honour in that.
1: That's a great point. Uh, I never thought about it that way.
0: And if you look at another Shabbat, this is on Ang 469, you know, people cry righteousness, and they want to become righteous, but they forfeit all shred of their righteousness in you know their search for their salvation. So, if <clears throat> I was to offer you an example, a poor man comes to your house, knocks on the door. We give him food. We feel that we have earned some you know brownie points in the next world. You know, divine real estate.
1: <laughs> yeah, if with can... uh, some t- tasty orange fruits.
0: If you can't join the house here, you can have it in the next world, and it comes with its soy orange fruit, and again, Itaku a single provide the uh, gardening services, cultivation-free.
1: <laughs> and there's actually no shortage of manure and fertilizers, I believe?
0: No, 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 no. And you can have kids by eating that manure as well in the next world, obviously, but <clears throat> just think about it this way. We get those white brownie points. We assume we have got those white brownie points now. What if that individual is in the state he's in because he screwed up his own life and the lives of many others?
1: Uh, I think it's nearly more than six months we did a podcast and I asked you like a rhetorical question that: uh, Am I really a victim in the sense that if I if I try to be a bully and somebody bullies me back, a bigger bully bullies me back? Am I really the victim or somebody? Uh, Uh, Am I somebody who was a bully who got his ass kicked?
0: Now, this is going to sound pretty brutal, but sometimes you need to let justice run its course.
1: Okay, a question for you. Yep. Justice based morality or care based morality? Because it links here.
0: I would prefer justice based morality.
1: If you have if you have that one, let's say if you think that way, then you're more likely to see the other person as a, let's say a sovereign person who is capable of handling his, for her, his for or his or her own life.
0: See, the thing is that the more you help people, you know, if people need help, give them a hand up. But if you start giving them handouts, because that's what help passes for nowadays, you're essentially rendering them a victim and you're essentially rendering yourself a victim.
1: Well, if you start rewarding victimhood, will the victimhood decrease or increase?
0: It will increase. I mean, again, Guru Angad. <laughs> Not, 474. Not in yep. cle- increase. Yep. It will explode. <laughs> it will explode. Now, here's another relevant Shabbat of Guru Angad, uh, Angad 474 again. aski jaye kadiye sadhi you know, what sort of love is that which renders you dependent on someone else? People doing something, you know, for someone else out of love, but, you know, essentially making them dependent on themselves. You see that in a Indian families, the son is raised as the god, tyrant, emperor of the universe by the mother. And then, obviously, when the mother's gone, the daughter-in-law probably kicks the son out. I don't know, I'm just checking this off, some Bollywood phenomena. But really, you can understand where that Shabbat is coming from, that really, what sort of love is it which renders someone else dependent on you?
1: that's classic manipulation
0: true love is that which immerses you in yourself which makes you autonomous which makes you sovereign i mean getting back to slim's thing slim never micromanaged his officers he never micromanaged his warriors he let them do what they had to his soldiers and they you know gave out effective results because they weren't dependent on his final decision similarly you see a similar case with Banda singh you know after he's betrayed the sikhs keep on fighting for 30 years they had no overarching you know oversight or someone providing that oversight they were independent they weren't dependent on someone else right and they furnished us with a you know Khalsa missile system obviously our mistake we de-evolved it and along came the sikh empire but really True independence in life is impossible nowadays, given how we're being bombarded with all this, you know, subjective, you know, the subjectivity on how to help each other, or, you know, we have to be united. And Sikhs have been rendered cannon fodder by all this discourse on, you know, helping others, Sarbat bala, to the point that, you know, we can't even save your Sikhs and not Muslims because some Sikhs, some woke, you know, loony Sikhs feel that it means we are throwing another community under the bus.
1: And that community has been uh, being very much for for the past 20 centuries?
0: Exactly. And, you know, all this, all these Shabbats. if you read them out in their correct blood, I'm sure many of these Sikhs are going to convert out of the faith.
1: I've said it again, and I think uh, every, every listener or every Sikh should know this, that uh, it's true for every religion most people don't convert out of, out of conviction and they convert out of convenience.
0: That's the thing. And, you know, Guru Granth Sahib is very explicit. It's pretty explicit on Anga 27. Satgur ki seva ga ser Now, you really think going out there and making these woke statements, you know, sporting the left, sporting socialism, or, you know, doing that usual crap they do, you know, there's a, there's a pretty prominent... Uh, I guess, I'll say the word Khalistani organization in the UK. One of their associates, one of their representatives was on Twitter claiming that if you don't support Palestine, you aren't a real seed.
1: Mm,
0: Okay. Now, do you really think that's the Gakri Seva Sadhguru is talking about?
1: No true Scotsman's policy.
0: And and there it is. No true Scotsman's policy, again, at the end of the day. Because In these issues, you have to be really careful who you sport. You need to have the same vision as God. You know that overarching eagle vantage point of view? Okay, so who am I sporting? Why am I sporting them? And why are they essentially in the situation which they are in today? That last question is never asked by Sikhs today. Why are they in the situation which they are in today?
1: Of course not. If you ask this question for, let's say, for the Palestinians, you will have to ask this question for everybody else, and that will shatter your worldview.
0: That's what Guru Angad is asking in Gurbani. He's saying that, well, you know, what sort of a love is it? What sort of a gift is it which is actually making you reliant on someone else? Why are they in this position in the first place? Why are you in a position to help them? Imagine if you were in that situation, what would you do different? And obviously, the biggest thing is that at the end of the day, Rather than make someone, you know, dependent on you for help, why can't you just teach them what the truth is, where they have gone wrong?
1: Two words pop into my mind. Which one? Host and parasite.
0: (laughs) Host and parasite. See, there's a Shabbat on 1237. These are only few of the dangerous Shabbats in Gurbani. And what that means is the maker is not mollified or worn over by charities and donations. In reality, well, if you want to, yep, if you sure. want to, Yep.
1: I mean, people donate because they wanted to. Well, they want to have a better life, or they want to get some kirpa or they want to, you know, a, a positive outlook. But yeah, i like to have my mansion in in paradise with endless rivers of honey and milk and every pleasure you can imagine.
0: See, currently there's this wave which has started that we need to study Sikh history in light of common sense and logic. And we will touch that one soon enough, Help, that's also impossible. But the thing is that you need to interrogate your sources, even if it's something like Sampdok some Singh Suraj Patash, which doesn't really have much historical value beyond a few tall tales he's related, you still need to interrogate as to why these tall tales were related and why this text is accepted as being, you know, center Paris among Sikh uh, traditionalists. Anyhow, if you look at Sikh history, you can obviously sift the fake from the truth, from the fact. You only need to spend time doing that, but you can't dismiss things you don't agree with in the name of common sense or logic. And the point being, ultimately, is that do you really think Guru Gobind Singh went around all of the Shivalik Hills helping people fighting their battles, or did he arm them for the future?
1: Well, uh, well. (laughs) what can I say? I don't think he was a bleeding heart liberal.
0: No, definitely not. No. Now, if you want to look at the perfect embodiment of Gurbani, we you look at Guru Gobind singh right? Apne Hathi, Apne And when Guru Maharaj says, because, you know, to me, this verse has a very militant connotation. Guru Nanak is almost, you know, grabbing you by the shirt and saying, Hey, hey, wake up. Why are you reliant the... on someone else?
1: Is, is that what you mean? Pull yourself, uh, the, the classic Republican saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps.
0: <laughs> you know, a long time ago, me and uh, one of a few others had this conversation regarding, you know, villages in Punjab who have people based overseas need to, you know, get those people to start sending money back so the village uh, hierarchy can improve the village. One of the guys pointed out to me, well, hey, wait a second, you're saying citizens should be doing what the state should be doing. And I told him, well, if you want to wait for the state, you can, people have been waiting for what, almost 80 years now. You can wait for the next 180 years and the state still won't move. You know, to keep on claiming it's a democracy, it's a democratic state, it's this, it's that, it's all rubbish at the end of the day.
1: Classic politics.
0: Classic politics. So, you know, why are you waiting for an essential clash to come between you and the state when you're going to say, well, you had this, you know, when you confront the state and say you failed us on these basic of trivial issues, why can't you do something yourself? Why, uh... wait, why, why wait for the script? Why wait for the clash?
1: Can you substitute state for God and the other way around?
0: The thing is, creation has a purpose, life has a purpose. So you pray to God for the opportunity or you pray for the wisdom and then obviously once you're showing the way, you go and do what the way is.
1: Uh, uh, at my university, I have, a, you know, one of those loud atheists? Yes. And, uh now it's just uh, well I, I I'm a tower-wearing uh, guy with a bushy beard and everything yep. and uh so she was no it's a it's a female and uh she was saying all the things and I did I just wanted to know annoy her a little bit to let let's say uh, to push her around see see what her real views are and I yep. said you're not an atheist you are actually very very religious the only difference is that your god is the government <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. And even even
1: today, <laughs> I think an hour ago, she was sending me messages on, on WhatsApp linking articles and all this stuff. Because I just committed a thought crime, yeah?
0: That's the thing, you have committed a thought crime, and I think we all need to, you know, try forecasting the future here. Do you really think a future seek state would be essentially socialist?
1: Langer for everybody. at your You don't even need to walk.
0: Mm. And this attitude needs to change. And overall, this is why a whole host of liberals and uh, you can say left-oriented persons and, you know, people with a political uh, vendetta as well, that's why they're always after the Guru Granth Sahib because the Guru Granth Sahib is setting people free. Now, of course, that's enough Shabbat's quoted for the day. We can keep on going and going. Things still won't end. But the main issue is that when you read Gurbani, you need to read it from a statesman's perspective, from someone who's in power. You need to read it from that perspective to realize its true importance, its true worth, its true merit. I
1: don't think maybe even two or three person people, even they don't do it. The majority is like Kirpa, Ji, Papaji.
0: See, we're in this race for praying and begging for the trivial. We have actually lost the gem we have been given by the Guru.
1: Yeah, that seems to
0: be the reality today. Yep. Yep. Do you really think Guru Nanak is saying, well, you know, You can depend on God in this verse.
1: Well, he was a farmer, let's say, uh, for the last decade of his life. Would
0: you agree? Yep. Yep.
1: So he was plowing the fields, doing everything, everything farmer needs to do. So essentially, he was living his own woods.
0: He was living his own woods. Now, how how often do you think the Sikhs of Guru Nanak prayed to him for some blessings or grace?
1: You can go to any Gurdwara in the world and, let's say, in how many Gurdwars will you actually see a picture of Guru Nanak engaged in farming?
0: I have never seen it.
1: No, never seen it. You will see Guru Nanak sitting on a, in a very lavish place now with uh, two Pai Bala and Pai Mardana uh, in, in the pictures doing chore and everything. And Guru Sahib sitting in a classic yogi pose and everything. Yeah?
0: And why didn't you come over sit with me?
1: Yeah, and uh, you will never see Guru Nanak wearing old clothes. He's dirty. He's full of dust. You know, he's
0: you know plowing the field or something. You'll never see it. No, you never see it. And you know, if you see these shabads which Guru Nanak wrote in Asadivari, you can understand why the Mughals thought it to be such a dangerous composition, and why Guru Gobind Singh read it on the banks of Sarsa. It was a declaration of war of his intent to continue fighting against the Mughals. You know, but if you
1: Forget about Mughals. If you draw a picture today of Baba Nanak uh, having a, a, a spade on his shoulder and walking in the in the fields, do you know how people would ca- categorize you? Mental? Not mental. A straight-up enemy of the Sikh nation.
0: Yep. Enemy of the nation or you know, Guru Nanak with a sword making his way through the jungles.
1: No. Never going to happen. Can you imagine Baba Nanak uh, integrating its fields? Like, he's a hard worker, a That's farmer.
0: Good.
1: No, you're never going to see this picture, No.
0: The biggest tragedy I can, is...
1: I, I, I can easily imagine Baba Nanak having a rough hand, a rough fight. Yeah. yeah? Uh, and uh, let's say a typical old Punjabi guy, yeah?
0: Yep.
1: That's the Baba Nanak I imagine. His robes, I don't expect or imagine them to be just pearl white, pearly white, or cloudy white. Hmm. they got to be dirty. Dirty in the sense that uh, he was a farmer and of course you get dirty in the fields.
0: The biggest tragedy is what the Mughal students succeed in doing. That's what our current Sikhs have succeeded in doing. They have stopped reading Asadi Vah and understanding it and even living it. If you don't read it, you don't understand it, how can you live it? And whenever a B'yadabhi happens, whenever these incidents transpire, Sikhs are running around saying that, you know, we are being targeted, we are being exterminated, they want to kill us, they want to do this, they want to do that, that's why they're targeting the Guru Granth Sahib. Yeah, you got points down there, but the main essential thing is, they want to destroy your essence. Because the content of the Guru Granth Sahib was dangerous, is dangerous, and will forever be dangerous to immoral society, immoral politics, immoral institutes.
1: Uh, a question. Yep. What would a state based on Gurbani, Guru Granth Sahib, and the lives of the Gurus look like?
0: Definitely not a socialist state.
1: Well, that's one. That's one aspect of it here. So can we relate, Uh, okay, not directly, but the foundation documents or the ideologies of various states around the world? If people study them, can they draw some political ideas or, let's say, lessons of history from them? And can we do the same from Guru Sabh?
0: I believe that the ethos of the Guru right? outside so we can't have something, you know, 101% of this a simile of what has gone before or what is going on. Everyone will have to be unique, but yes, we can incorporate some historic elements to see if they work or not.
1: If you say, Apne hati, apna apai kar and that this, this is from Gurbani, yeah? Yes. Kar can a future Sikh statement use this? to end all all welfare
0: you have to empower people to pursue their own welfare rather than making them reliant on any other element even that's even if that's the state the state Just can jump in when it really needs to
1: because there's not much of a difference between a safety net and a hammock
0: no there isn't much of a difference and that's actually quite a good comparison Originally speaking, you know, Grant, who was the 18th president of the United States, he had this mini welfare scheme for the blacks they liberated. And that scheme was this, that they would be given some accommodation, some form of sustenance, while they learned to become independent and free. And within two years of their liberation, the number of Negroes in the South who were educated jumped tenfold. To that degree, you actually had Negro legislators, Negro, you know, MPs, even a Negro senator in the U.S. Senate at the time. This was what Grant, a Republican president, managed to achieve. Obviously, after him, things regressed. But, you know, look at that dynamic comprehension of what real welfare is as compared to what we have, what passes for welfare today. Is there any wonder that the people on that welfare or those who would actually further this system for their own interests are so dead set against Gurbani?
1: You know, uh, I think you give give the example that uh, Mitch Romney said that like 48% of Americans are, some, are receiving some form of government handout and he lost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right there, right in front of you.
0: Hmm. These factors and these facts, facts are quite deep to consider. At the end of the day, if we want to live perfectly, live that Sikhi Jeevan, we need to make Gurbani our cornerstone in our life. And only then will we understand why it's so dangerous and how best to protect the physicality of the Guru Granth Sahib and the Gyan within. But if you think relying on these Babas, Jathas, Sampradas, upgrades, missionaries, this is going to get you anything, it's going to get you nowhere. I mean, how long has it been? Both of us have lived close to two decades or more by now, yes? Mm, yeah, for... Have you ever seen a single day when all these you know, so-called creatures of the faith have a sukkah then where they're not targeting each other but only talking about Gurbani?
1: They use Gurbani to target the other side.
0: They use Gurbani to target the other side. How many of them are concerned to see how people practically implement Gurbani in their lives?
1: That'll be against their interest.
0: That will be against their interest. So that's why, if a new generation of Sikhs wants to come up, it doesn't matter even if you're a minority. Read Gurbani yourself, comprehend Gurbani yourself, and then live what you comprehend. Yep. Right. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to us. <laughs>